We're going to be in 1 Peter today, 1 Peter chapter 1. It will be up here behind me, but if you want to turn there in your, in your Bibles, 1 Peter chapter 1. And we have, uh, I want to say that we have seen the, the perfect example of what Resurrection Sunday is about this morning in a baptism. The perfect example. Noel gave us the perfect visual sample of what Resurrection Sunday is about. Because as she goes into the water, she is, she is buried with Christ in his death. And as she comes out of the water, she is alive to new life in Christ, a new birth. That's what Resurrection Sunday is all about. New birth, new life, new hope. And that's what we're going to talk about today from 1 Peter. 1 Peter tells us that, that we, we gain from his resurrection. We often look at the resurrection of Jesus, but we don't apply it to ourselves. 1 Peter tells us how to apply this to ourselves. Why does the resurrection of Jesus over 2,000 years ago matter today? We'll show you this morning in 1 Peter. So let's read 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, even though now, for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials, so that the proven character of your faith more valuable than gold, which, through, though perishable, is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, so let's, what does the, the resurrection of Christ mean to us? Well, let's look at these verses. Let's first look at the context of these verses. Peter writes this letter, as you, if you look at, at verse 1 here, Peter writes this letter to Jewish believers that are scattered all over Asia Minor. He names some towns, and they're scattered all over Asia Minor. Now, that's important because to understand Peter, you have to understand Peter's theology. And Peter's theology is that Judaism leads to Christ. That the next, the, the next logical step for a Jew is Christ. And you can see that in the way Peter writes. And you can see that even in the way he, he writes this part here. Now, what we read here, starting in verse 3, it's, it's part of his introduction. He first says who he's writing to, and then he says this, Blessed be the, the, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he just begins with blessing, and he begins with strong statements of theology. Statements of, of this letter is going to be about living hope. He says so right from the beginning. So what does this say about God? Well, verse 3 starts us out with, with a statement on the mercy of God, how the great mercy of God caused all of this for us. This is where the resurrection of Christ applies to us because the, the great mercy of God caused in us 
this new birth to new life, this living hope, this, this inheritance that cannot fade, cannot be taken away, cannot be lost, cannot be diminished. All of these things are ours because of the great mercy of God. He tells us that right in the, in the beginning. And then in the same verse, in verse 3, he tells us that the resurrection of Christ actually actuates all this in our life. You have new birth because of the risen Christ, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You have new life because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You have living hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You have an inheritance waiting for you that cannot fade, cannot be diminished, cannot be taken away, cannot be lost because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All of this is actuated in us because of the day we celebrate today, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It also tells us that God has an inheritance for us. Now, there's two sides to this, and so I want you to think through this. First of all, we are brothers and sisters in Christ with each other and with Jesus because of his resurrection, because of his death and resurrection. We are brothers and sisters with Christ and with each other. And so that puts us in line for the inheritance of God the Father. Now, what, what really makes this, uh, what I really want you to think about with this is think about what a Jewish believer would have thought reading this. Because realize the Jewish believer thought the inheritance of God was the land. You see it again and again and again in the Old Testament. Habaritz, Habaritz, that's the land, the land. So they thought the inheritance was the land. And where are these folks? Asia Minor. They're a long ways away. And so Peter's writing them and telling them, it doesn't matter where you are, your inheritance is waiting for you. And it isn't just the sand and rock of Israel. It is something that's unfaded, undiminished, cannot be lost, cannot be taken away in heaven. So it would have been a, a, an extremely important message to the original readers of this letter. Their inheritance, though they were far from Jerusalem, remember, they're far from Israel. That's what they think the inheritance is. And, and, and they, they, grew up in, they grew up Jewish. So where does God hang out? Jerusalem. So they're in Asia Minor. They're thinking they're too far away for any of this. And Peter says, it isn't where you are, it's who you believe in. And I want to tell you the same thing. It isn't where you are. It's who you believe in. Who do you trust? In Christ, we have all of this. In Christ, we have new birth and new life. In Christ, we have a living hope. In Christ, we have an inheritance waiting for us that cannot fade, cannot be diminished, cannot be taken away, cannot be lost. That's what we have in Christ. It isn't about where you are. It's about who you're with. And then it also tells us here that God's power guards us for our final salvation. And now, this, this is kind of incredible to think about. The power that rose Jesus from the dead after he was in the tomb three days is the power that you and I have access to. The power that we can live in Today, the power that is guarding our final salvation, 
That's the power we have. So what, what does this say about us? Well, it says we have new birth in Christ, a new life to be lived for Christ. You know, you know as, uh, as well as I do that, that I like new life verses. You hear me talk about them a lot. If you're here early enough, you hear me mic test to Galatians 2.20 and 2 Corinthians 5.17 every day, every Sunday. Because new life is important to me, and this says we have it because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We, are, we have new birth into new life because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have a living hope in Christ. Now, this, uh, this phrase in the Greek, living hope, it's in the uh, present active. That means that it's not just for the end of your life. It means it's for today. Today. You have living hope within you today. Now, we, uh, we tend to focus on the circumstances around us. And, and right now, uh, frankly, for the last year, things have seemed hopeless. But we have the living hope of Christ within us. The living hope. We just need to not give it up. We need to stay focused on it. It's so easy for us to take our eyes off of Christ and off of the hope we have in Christ, off of the new birth we have in Christ, off of the inheritance that's waiting for us, off of the power of God that resurrected Jesus living inside us. We have that, and we focus our eyes on what's going on around us. Rise above the circumstances by focusing on the living hope within us. It also says we have an inheritance waiting for us. An inheritance in heaven that's so much better than the sand and rock of Israel. It is heaven. It cannot be diminished. It cannot fade. It cannot be taken away. It cannot be lost. We have an inheritance from our Father God waiting for us. If that isn't good news... If that isn't a reason for living hope, what is? We know what's waiting for us. We know how this story ends. Have you read the back of the book? We win. And it says also that we are protected by the very power of God. The power that rose Jesus from, from three days dead protects us. And it, it does tell us that we're going to have grief and trials. It does say that. We are going to have grief and trials. This uh, should not be news to you. <laughs> we have grief and trials in our life, but we have the, the very power of God, the resurrecting power of God, living within us, protecting us through those trials. And our trials have purpose. It says here that, that it refines our faith. As gold is refined by fire, our faith is refined by these trials and grief. And notice also that it says here that those trials and that grief is for a short time. A short time. It isn't forever. Forever is an inheritance waiting for us. Forever is living hope. Forever is the power of God within us. 
forever is new birth. The trials of this life are short term. It tells us so right here. And so we aim for what it promises to be times of rejoicing, praise, glory, and honor. That's what we're doing this morning, isn't it? Aren't we rejoicing this morning? Aren't we praising this morning? Aren't we giving glory and honor to God this morning? That's what, we do, what we're doing now. And, and we ha- there is a time coming when that's all that we'll do. I hope you like church, because you're going to be doing it a long time when we get there. I love church. I tell my, uh, my worship team every Sunday morning, we get to do church today. And, and I've said it for years, and then all of a sudden we had this pandemic and it meant something, you know, because we didn't get to do church. As a matter of fact, last Resurrection Sunday, we were not together. So you want a reason for hope? You want a reason to, to see the power of God? We are together for this Resurrection Sunday. Vastly better than a year ago. We have the time for rejoicing and praising and giving glory and honor to God is now. So what must we do? We must be in Christ. We must trust Christ for our salvation. The death on the cross and his resurrection only applies to you if you believe in him. We uh, Sunday, or I'm sorry, Good Friday, Friday night, we looked at, at John 19.30, where Jesus says, it is finished. He finished our salvation. He completed everything needed. We now have salvation waiting for us. And the Bible presents salvation as I am saved, I am being saved, I will be saved. This, uh, this verse points to a day when salvation will be complete. And we will be with Christ. But it only matters if you're in Christ. It only matters if you know Christ personally. Because the salvation that Christ bought with his blood on the cross is not for sale by your works. It is simply to be accepted by us. You must be in Christ. And then we need to live our new life. We're born, we, are, we, are, we have new birth in Christ. We need to live it. This, uh, this is a key to living the, the Christian life, is to understand your old life is dead. Your old self is dead. You are new. You're a brand new creature when you come to Christ. And we need to live in that new life. And we need to let the hope of Christ live within us, the living hope. Take our minds off of the circumstances that are around us and look up. Focus on what's to come. Focus on the hope we have in Christ. And rejoice and praise and give honor and glory to Christ. It's what our new life's for. Jesus did not buy your life on the cross so that you can go back to the old life. So that you can do what you've always done. He, he bought it so you can have a new life. We need to live it. We need to live a life of praise and honor and glory and rejoicing in Christ.
So let's look at verse 3, phrase by phrase. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a very Jewish phrase. Uh, we see again and again in the Old Testament, we see blessed be the God and, uh, our God and Father. We see that again and again. God and Father of the harvest. God and Father of uh, the feast. God and Father of... It. We see that. Here, though, Peter says that same God and Father that was in the Old Testament... He has acted in our time in Jesus Christ. And so he just relates Judaism to Christianity. We, we think in our day that they're so far apart, but they're not. Judaism leads us to Christ. For Christ is just the next logical step for Paul and for Peter. As you read, you can see this. They have very Jewish ideas and see them pointing us to Christ, like this phrase here does. Because of his great mercy, we have salvation, we have new birth, we have living hope, we have this inheritance, all because of the great mercy of God. Jesus didn't come just to show us the mercy of God, he came to embody it. And he embodied it all the way through the cross into the resurrection day. He has given us new birth into a living hope. We are born again to a new life, a life that is lived with a hope that lives within us, a hope that is alive within us. That's our new life. That's what we now have through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, I want to point out a couple of things from, from that phrase. First of all, it says Jesus was dead. There are those out there who believe some other theory. They say that Jesus wasn't fully dead. But the Bible is very clear. He was dead three days. He was dead and buried three days. So Jesus was fully dead, but he is now fully resurrected. And that means you and I, we have new birth. We have new life. We have a living hope within us. We have an inheritance waiting for us that cannot be diminished, cannot fade away, cannot be taken from us, cannot be lost. All of that because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what we celebrate today. Today is a very special day in Christianity because quite frankly, without a risen Savior, Christianity can't exist but it does exist because we have a risen Savior. It's what we celebrate today. Do you know the risen Savior today? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and consider that question. Do you know the risen Savior? Are you absolutely certain that you have new birth, living hope, and an inheritance waiting for you in because you can be certain. You can know for sure. It's as simple as a prayer. You simply need to acknowledge that you have sin in your life. God, I have sin in my life. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. I've done things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I choose to trust that Jesus died on the cross to pay my price to pay for my sin. 
He died in my place. And so I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. And I ask you to come into my life and give me this new birth, this life, this living hope that I read about in this passage. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor and let them know. I have a living hope today. Maybe you're a Christian. Maybe you know Christ, but you've been focused on the circumstances and not on the hope we have in Christ. Will you take this moment to refocus to the hope that is alive within you. Father, we thank you for this passage. We thank you for the day that we celebrate today. We thank you that that you have given us new birth, new life, a hope that is alive within us and an inheritance that that we could never earn, we could never pay for, but given to us by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We thank you also, Father, for Noel this morning and her, her picture of salvation, her picture of what Resurrection Sunday is all about. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.